Hey everyone, Ep 2 of the NFL show here on the Undrafted. Uh, it's Sol, I'm here with the boys. Pat, what's going on? What's going on, Sol? How are we? Good, good. Bad luck on the weekend. Yeah, you know, it's a bit frustrating. I had big expectations, but of course it didn't come out All as right. well as we wanted to. Hey, that's enough. That's you enough know? of the Jets. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about them anymore. <laughs> TB, how are you, mate? Very good. Better than I'm talking to you. Love to hear it, mate. And uh, bounce back for the Rams. Yep, bounce back. We um we got a bit of help by um you know Russell Wilson getting injured, but you know it was a good game to watch and uh yeah came down to the end there and yeah it was good to watch. That's it. You know what? Well, overall, it's probably one of the best weekends of footy I've ever seen. Some crazy games on the Not weekend. Not if you're a kicker. Not if you're a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on there. I've never seen more pump blocks in my life and more missed oh. field goals. Say Dan Campbell, I feel so bad for him. Poor Dan Campbell. I think he was crying oh. in his press conference. I don't know what's going to happen if he gets another loss in that last possession this oh. week. What's the next step? They got the Bengals. Bengals, that's who it was. Yeah, that's, a, that's a loss. That's a, yeah, that's a tough game. I don't know. They might be able to, you know, find some of that Dan Campbell spirit, roll up their sleeves, you know, rip some kneecaps off, and they'll be, uh, you know, able to fight through it. They're a good team when they want to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dan Campbell's got them in the right direction. I mean, there's two games that they should have won. The Ravens game and a game on the weekend, and they lose to ridiculous kicks. I don't think Jared Goff's had his best couple of games the past couple of weeks either. He just hasn't been able to throw it deep. Like it's just not a good team to watch. It's just yeah. not a good... no. no. I, think, I think when you, you know you're the number one pick, you get traded from a team you took to the Super Bowl, and you lose confidence, and there's obviously pressure on him over there. But I still yeah, feel like Detroit's in the right direction. You know, like they they're the first team ever. They're the most cursed team in NFL history. First of all. And they're the first team to lose on a game-winning field goal with no time left on the clock twice in a single season. It's unfair. I feel bad for him. Yeah, it's just it's, it's slack. I think they're going to eventually get there. They'll get the wins. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good coach. You know, you actually see some passion that's going through. I'm like, well, you've seen him with Patricia and a couple of those guys that have come through. So at least he's showing a bit of fight for these boys. They'd be a bit shattered after the last two weeks. The last three weeks because... They did have a loss to the Bears in between the Ravens and the Vikings game, but far out. That's, that's a tough blow. You could be two and three right now, and now you're on five. Yeah, it's, it's a big difference. Yeah, it's a massive difference, man. Look, before I get to the games, obviously we've got to address the biggest issue in the game. John Gruden got sacked or resigned as a head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders after incriminating emails were leaked. Oh. I think, what, 600 emails or something? Obviously, we condemn everything that was said. Heavy stuff. When that stuff comes out for a coach and your team hears about it, you could see on the weekend he lost the team. You know what I mean? That, he lost them. The fire 100%. that they had the first three, four weeks. When they played on the weekend against, wasn't it the Bears? The Bears. They, they the should same. have won that game as well. Yeah, you know they just I mean? weren't the same. Yeah, and when you've lost the team like that, there's no point staying around or trying to salvage your job. It's very hard to recover from that and get gain their trust, gain their respect again. No, 100%. Yeah, and I feel for players like, you know, you've got Carl Nassib in there, first active NFL, like, gay player to step on the field and such as that. And he's got his coach that's leaked stuff about tweets that are going at Roger Goodell and with homosexual slurs and such as that. So, you know, it's pretty tough. Even Yannick Ngokwe, when he was asked about the whole situation, he was like, I don't really want to comment. You know, it's just too hard to hear that the leader in the locker room, like the highest bloke, the highest authority, is saying stuff that really ridicules most people that are in the locker room because they all have different cultural differences and such as that. And I know maybe he's regretted his actions and such as that. Like, I know the first one was only in 2011, but 
still some of the recent ones that have come out and just shows that he hasn't really changed. And even when he was a head coach, stuff was coming out. So, you know, it's quite confronting. And I think that the Raiders did a good enough job to get rid of him, but it could have been done earlier. According to the NFL, they were pretty pissed off that it didn't happen earlier than that. They would have known about these emails for a while. Someone's leaked them. Someone's got something against him, let's be fair. But, you know, yeah. when you've done that, when you've sent emails like that, you really got to question what the hell you're doing in the first place. Look, who, yeah. who does that? I'm not, I'm not saying he's the worst person in the world because I reckon, there's, I reckon there's comments by owners. I reckon there's comments by other executives, by other coaches that we haven't found out. Now, whether they get leaked or not is another story. Yeah, 100%. It's the fact that you think about like professional sport in general, but like sports like the NFL, the NRL, they have people and players from all different cultures, different backgrounds, you know, different socioeconomic backgrounds, like all these different things that they people are coming together. One of the best places of diversity or different cultures, you go to a sporting group or a sporting team like the NFL. You know, if you look at it and you envision that, that's a good way of, you know, promoting diversity and inclusion in the world is that you look at like professional sporting teams, the amount of differences in that and they come together all to do a common cause. That's what professional sport is. And it's a bit of a worry when you have, as you said, the boss saying things like that, especially in emails. Like, I don't know if many times I've ever sent an email was sounded so personal. Like, I think they must send emails like their text messages because I, I could not think how anyone would send an email with that sort of stuff in it, you know, or even a message in general. But, yeah, sending an email, especially to the owner of a franchise. like Yeah, yeah. it's not good. The right decision Straight was made, honest. and they've got to move on. That's it. All right, let's go to the games, boys, on the weekend. Some crazy games we're cool. talking about. Great footy. Oh, yeah. Let's go straight to Cleveland and Los Angeles. The Chargers and the Browns. What a game that was. I think the score was 27-21 heading into the fourth, the Browns way. And then it ended up being 47-42 in the end. Crazy. What a shootout between Herbert and Mayfield. But Chargers, man, unbelievable. Like, no, I don't think there was one defensive stop in that fourth quarter. I don't think so. Like, I think there was only one fourth and out. There was a punt in the first possession of the fourth quarter. And actually, there was a punt. From memory, there was a punt just before the touchdown to... At the end. Yeah, at the end. Because yeah. they yeah they punted off and then went touchdown. And then Cleveland had a turnover and down. And they yeah, ended the fourth quarter. There's 41 points scored collectively in that fourth quarter. Yeah. 41 points. That is crazy numbers. Not normal. You know, two top contenders in AFC, I think we all agree. What a great game. Crazy, man. Even like at the end, did you see the Browns defense? <laughs> when oh, Eckler didn't want to go over quickly and they just literally grabbed him and picked, threw him picked over. Him up, threw yeah, him they over just there. grabbed him and just, yeah, get over there. Get the hell over it. Oh, man, that was crazy. That was funny shit. You know, uh, there's a funny stat that came out. I think before Cleveland's loss, teams were 443-0 and 0 when scoring 40 points or more with no turnovers. They're the <laughs> first team to lose. It's crazy. Stop, man. Insane. Oh, man. Baker played a hell of a game. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that, that's the sad thing, right? Like, Baker didn't do anything wrong, but somehow has been blamed for Yeah, this. yeah. Like, you got to put your hats off to Herbert. Like, if people were saying, oh, he's still got a little bit of errors with it in, and he's, like, not up there in that top three, top five, he's he's got it now. You know, he's in that MVP conversation for sure after that game. Being down quite a bit in the third quarter, going to the half, and then you take your team back, especially in a shootout top like fourth quarter like that. It's like incredible to see a second year guy come out with his team around him playing in good spirits and such as that against a good Browns defense and put out a win like that. Like if you're Staley, if you're the, the coach now, you're just like like wow. 
I've got a good team. And, you know, it's funny. They did a pretty good job the first three quarters, the Browns. They only scored seven in the first quarter charges, six in the second <clears> quarter, <throat> and eight in the third quarter. And then they gave up 26 in the fourth. It's imploded. <laughs> and it's funny because there was a missed one-pointer, okay, when they were evening up at the end, and you're going, oh, there's the game. So they, they'll hold the ball in the Browns, and they'll be done. And then they finally get that score, and you go, oh, wow. And then wait, all they have to do, we're going to overtime here. They're going to kick the ball. And then he misses it. I'm going, oh, yeah, he just done an unbelievable job to drive down there and get that touchdown. But, yeah, it was just – it was full on. It was oh, full on. You know, it's funny. We're talking about MVP, and obviously we're going to discuss that soon. But Justin Herbert, at this point in his career, I don't think I've seen – maybe Mahomes, maybe Mahomes. But I think even he's a bit better than Mahomes at this stage of his career. He's way ahead of schedule, Justin Herbert. Like, no one expecting him to be this good right now. I think the stat is he's the only person besides obviously Pat Mahomes had 40 plus touchdowns and fewer than 15 interceptions in their first 20 starts. That's on like the NFL website there. So like you can see he's at that sort of class and he's, I think he's thrown for over, I think it's nearly 6,000 yards. It's just under, I think. And it's at, that's in 20 starts, first 20 starts. In the Super, that, that's unbelievable. Yeah, even when you look back to when he started, Staley wasn't there, obviously had a bad coach. Had literally no O line to protect him. It was the makings of someone getting into the NFL and getting out very quickly because he's going to get injured. But somehow he made them somewhat watchable last year, got some really key wins last year, started building something small. And then, you know, they finally got a bit of an O line for him. They got a better coach, a way better coach for him. And you see the results. He's special, man. I, I can't say much more than that. This guy's special, bro. Justin Herbert. Bro, so good. Yeah. Cleveland Browns, a bit awkward because they, they didn't have any turnovers. They did everything that was asked of them except defend the last quarter. That's a worry. If you give up 25 points in a close game in the last quarter, that's a worry, I think. To a, potential, to a potential playoff contender or rival. Yeah, especially when the division's up for grabs as well. Well, I know Baltimore won, but you know you need to put your way in front of them if you want a guaranteed playoff spot. And to lose a game like that when you're up by a certain amount of points in the last quarter, it would be frustrating for the head coach, Stefanski, and also the players as well, like the defense, letting up that many points. You know, it's, it's a bit of a blow because you work that hard to get 42 points and you work hard throughout the whole game to lose a game like that. It'd be a mental blow. Baker Mayfield's third game as a starter, which he's lost after scoring more than 42 points. No other quarterback in NFL history has lost more than one. <laughs> so that's a, that's a crazy. Joke. That's crazy, bro. Like that's crazy. Oh my god, man! That, you just mentioned that. There's so many other records broken this week. That's what I was saying. It was a crazy weekend of broken records. Like that stat oh. itself, man. I, I don't know how the hell I'd feel if I was Baker. Another game on the weekend, boys. Big game, obviously. AFC, probably the top two contenders in the AFC. I'd say Buffalo versus Kansas City. Buffalo waltzed in and just annihilated them. They annihilated the Chiefs. We, we, I think we all picked the Chiefs. I told you pick the Bills, Pat. I told you back them. No, they they, were, you my didn't want to back they them. were my number one team. And I didn't didn't, back yeah, them. but it doesn't count because you didn't back them. You I know. didn't back them, all right? But and, I didn't say that they were the best team in the asset. <laughs> yeah, I get that, but... You backtracked. You can't, you can't put off money on both work. teams here. It's not an each way bet. It's only <laughs> no. two horses in this race. You can't, you, you can't be putting can't money on them. both. Exactly. And watching that game, I think it was Ken, I think it was Pat Mahomes' worst game I've ever seen yeah. in his career. It was different. He, he was, I don't know, he just looked like when he throws, when it went straight to the, the defender, you were going, hang on, 
did he just throw that? And like, was that Paddy Mahomes? Like, it was just a weird game to watch because they didn't blitz him. They they sat back and then they they still got a sack. I'm pretty sure they got one sack, but they were just doing a really good job. You know, they shut down Tyreek Hill. They didn't let Tyreek Hill get the ball. And we said that last week, but it, we, they really had to start getting more opportunities, you know, Tyreek Hill. And it's very hard if the defense is scheming to stop that. It looked, it looked like they were kind of saying, well, you know, we're not going to let Torrey Hill beat us, but we'll, you know, you can take your yards with Travis Kelsey, which was really good management by McDermott and his men because, yeah, they just did a really good job of shutting down the threats vertically and kind of just let them have whatever was underneath. It was, uh, yeah, it was, you could definitely see it was frustrating. I mean, what you can see teams are trying to do is, okay, you, yeah, we'll stop all your vertical threats and we'll make you play a patient game pack. We'll make you have to sit back there and we'll make you have to work your way. It's not going to be a four or five play drive where you get a big play and you score. It's going to have to be a 17 play drive where you're going to have to work your way up the field slowly. And I feel like that patience is, hasn't been there for Paddy Mahomes. I'm not saying it won't be there, but I feel like there hasn't been too many times in his career where he's had to make 17 play drives. He's had a big play. And you can just see that the defense is kind of starting to say, you know what, we're just not going to, we're not going to blitz him. Let him have his check downs. Let him play to Kelsey underneath. But then we will stop all your vertical threats and we'll double Tyreek Hill. And it's, yeah, it's definitely been working for the past couple of teams that have done that. Yeah, and the rotating defense of Buffalo, that front line. Yeah, they had the eight D linemen. They just were rotating around. You could just see it just kept everyone fresh, kept everyone alive. It kept them in the game. It was just, yeah, it was good to watch. It would have confused the shit out of Pat Mahomes. Here's another stat talking about a crazy weekend. Pat Mahomes in his first season, I think, threw five interceptions total. Second season, he threw six picks overall. In five games, he's already thrown six picks. I've raised about Buffalo for a little while just because... Ah, uh, you're um, <laughs> Yeah, here we go. Their continuity on defense is insane. Like you said, their rotations, they trust every guy that goes on the field that they're going to be able to produce a big play. And you saw that with their first-round pick this year, Gregory Rossier, but their corners as well, like... I saw it in a couple of defenses. You feel front seven is playing like good footy and they're dominating the field and they're getting pressure on them. Makes it so much easier for your corners. When you've got Tredavious White as one of your corners shutting down Tyreek Hill and Paddy Mahomes is getting pressure, like it's going to be a rough day for any quarterback and let alone even Mahomes, even though he's been, he's been experiencing some troubles, you know. We all expected him to go through like wild passes and such as that, but... He was forced to play boring footy. And like TB said, you know, those 15, 17 play drives, he might not be patient enough to, you know, construct them as well as other quarterbacks are. So that's why you're seeing some of these erratic throws that he's trying to do, because I think it's just losing the patience to play that boring footy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worrying now, you know, like two and three, and you've got the charges up there at four and one. It's got to get you a little bit nervous. Like I know the Raiders have sort of imploded themselves a little bit now with what's going on with them, but it's got to be worrying being last in the division. Look, the good thing is for Kansas is they've got a relatively easy run before it gets hard again. So they've got Washington next week. Week after that, they've got Tennessee and then they've got the Giants. You'd think they'd win all three games, surely. They should. They actually need to. Last game, the Ravens versus the Colts. It's the unlosable game for the Colts. They had it in the bag. Oh. I turned my phone off. I turned the game off. It was done. All the pundits on Twitter said it was all over. Then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson once again, somehow, I don't know how he did it, but a crazy comeback from the Ravens. Another Monday night special from, from Lamar Jackson. I read some of the stats out. It was a record-breaking night for him. He threw a franchise record 442 passing yards, so much for he can't pass. Um, threw four, <laughs> four touchdowns in four straight possessions, 22 unanswered points to win the game, no interceptions. 34th win before turning 25, if that's even a stat. That's an NFL record. And they're 4-1. and one. 
and he's got a busted team. He doesn't even have his full team. He is carrying them to the promised land, this guy. If, if anyone want to doubt him, doubt no more. He is the real deal, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, agreed. And you just saw that, you know, explosion from him. And I was at work. And I had, I was listening, I was watching it kind of on the side and I just turned it off. I was like, oh, it's done now. We're done. Yeah. And I had to go home and then watch it again. I couldn't believe it. Everyone was messaging me going, oh, did you watch the end of that game? I go, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. And then I had to go home and I think I caught the end of it, that last score by Andrews. But I was just unbelievable. They just blew him away. And he just, I've never, watching back those highlights and watching back the, you know, the extended highlights, you got to see the majority of the plays in that comeback. It was just good to watch. I don't know, just how he throws. He was doing the sidearms because he was so patient in the pocket. You're going, is he going to run? Is he going to pass? And it just, I feel like that's how the defense for the Colts were as well. Like, how do we stop this bloke? Because, like, he was doing, as you said, they've been criticizing him on his passing game. But that was unbelievable on the week. I think they lost that stat. We had the week before, we had Harbaugh running that last play and, you know, <laughs> trying to get that stat. And they actually lost the stat in the week and they didn't get 100 yards. So, you know, he, <laughs> yeah, he didn't break right. the record. So yeah. that would have been another record they broke. But, um, yeah, it didn't matter because they, obviously, because they were behind that start throwing the ball. But I think Mark Andrews had those last two touchdowns including the one in overtime, and he had the two-point two conversion. So it was unbelievable. So <laughs> he had even had a good day. Every time that he was there, he just looked like, oh, is someone going to tackle Andrews? Like, is, are we not going to cover him? Like, he just had that much time. Like, it, there was no way they could cover him for so long. Like, they were just in coverage. You can't hold in coverage for that long. Yeah. And they just waited and waited and waited. And I don't know if that says more about him or the Colts' defense, but combining how he played and kind of how conservative Reich played in that last quarter, like, it just felt like they were happy to take the three here. It was like we kept them in the game. I know that. You couldn't have picked that Calais Campbell was going to go Superman and smack that ball down. Yeah. Oh, that was unbelievable. But, yeah, like, oh, I'm not bagging that. It's just some of the play calls. I don't know. It was just, yeah. Well that, well, that led to the miss at the end because there's obviously it was a bit of luck for the Ravens. Yeah. Because the kicker was spooked by Calais. So he's trying to go around him and he's missed it. Yeah, he's also he was also a little bit injured as well. I think he had that hip problem. That was the main thing that was coming out. That was the thing. Like the injured kicker came out. And I think it was a third and eight yeah. that they had. So that that was the conservative call. I've heard Frank Reich in so many press conferences defend his aggressiveness. You start to think about all, all this kind of criticism about him being too aggressive. I felt like that might have came into that decision then. I don't know. And I know he probably regrets it now. And in hindsight, very easy to make those calls for us sitting here. But I don't know. He probably was worried about getting sacked. I'm sure that's what he was thinking or even intercepting it. But there surely is a play in a situation, you know, third and eight, what's something safe we can do? You know, Carson Wentz, I don't know. Maybe he was worried about reckless Carson running and breaking his ankles again. I don't know. I think you're right. He was spooked. And Carson Wentz isn't the most trustworthy quarterback to change, you know, the momentum or stop the run from the Ravens. But if, you know, Clay's Campbell doesn't jump up there, I'm probably not talking about this, are we? No, it's true. Yeah. Indy, the Colts, they're in a shit division. That's the only positive for them. That would have been uh, a massive win for them. Yeah, it would have been that awesome. Been massive. But now they go in against the Houston Texans, who played, who probably should have beaten the Patriots, let's be honest. Touch was worried this week. They should have the won. Patriots rubbish. The Patriots rubbish. rubbish, but somehow pulled it yeah, out. They got the win. But I can see the Colts losing next week to the Texans. I don't know. I just I can see that happening. It's, it's possible. Frustrating. They played so well in the first week. Jonathan Taylor is the East. I feel bad for him, bro. He played so well. But I've got to give recognition to the the goat, um, Marky Mark Andrews. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he's so good. I know even Watkins got injured during the game for Lamar and Marquise Brown's like his number one target, such as that. But 
like Andrews was just open all day. Like he even had like I know that the Colts were a bit they played in the secondary. You know, Xavier Rhodes got injured and such things like that, and they didn't have Rocky Sand. But he was getting open all day, and it was like a little safety blanket. You know, Lamar wasn't scrambling that much. I think he had the highest completion percentage from for over like throwing over forty passes or such as that. Like it was eighty seven percent or something crazy. I was like, yeah, because that was because Mark Andrews is there as a safety blanket. I had to go try to attempt a trade in a couple of fantasy leagues because, you know, he's really good. And, you know, he saved, like I know a lot of people give Lamar the credit, which they should because he played so well and such as that. But he, a lot of credit has to go to Mark Andrews as well. It's just frustrating for the Colts. I think they need that win. In that division, you know, two and three, it doesn't look terrible because it's a crap division. You know, you always got the Titans that are going to be up the top, but... You know, they can even lose some winnable games, okay, when they lost the Jets and such as that. So, like, if you get, if you come home two and three and you put up a couple, you've got the Texans next week, you know, you could go in there at 500, you know, at three and three if you get up against the Texans. You know, it's just frustrating. I'd be very frustrated as a Colts fan right now. And I know that Frank Wright, you see him at the end, he just looked depleted. He was like, oh, you know, that one just slipped out of my fingers. Well, Ravens, now they've got a big game next week um, against the Chargers. We'll preview that uh, pretty soon. That will be incredible. All right, moving on, boys, from the games. Put you on the spot here, boys. Who's your MVP so far? I'm probably thinking Kyle Murray. Mm. I'm going Kyle Murray. I know it's an easy one. You know, he's undefeated. So that's what I'm starting with, Kyle Murray. I think he's been explosive. And, you know, I had to give like a second one. I just love watching Lamar Jackson at the moment. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm going Kyle Murray. He's the bloke. So, yeah, Kyle Murray. Yeah, like you said, undefeated. I think he's completed in that 75%. He's thrown for 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns. Yep. And on top of that, like, I think he's the average is, you know, yards per attempt is 9.2. Like, that's... That's some elite stuff there. Like that's nearly a you know a first down every time he's throwing the ball. So yeah, it's been good to watch. And as you said, like he's completing he's seventy five percent. So if you're doing that regularly and you're getting those big plays, and yeah, it's been just yeah, as you said, it's been good to watch. You know, he's got twenty one passes over twenty plus yards. That's been good, and and his defense is also complimenting, which is helping him as well in the offensive side of the ball. I'm trying to pick between two, right? But um, gotta go one, mate, one. I'm going to have to go with a hot hand. I'm going to go Justin Herbert. I think he's my MVP just because of how, you know, everyone expected the Chargers to be better. They've got a new head coach and a couple of new pieces around him. Austin Eckles healthy and such as that. But, boy, if you're telling me that they'd be 4-1 and one beating the Chiefs and then go out some crazy number down against the, against the Browns in the last quarter and come back and win and put up 47 points on the back of how good Justin Herbert played, I would be saying he's in the MVP conversation. And that's why I think just the way he's playing and how he's utilising his weapons, I think he's the best player. Over Josh Allen, your boy, Josh Allen. You're disrespecting your boy, Josh Allen. You've bigged him up for weeks and you don't even pick him. I think the Bills are great, but I don't like them. So, because I'm a Jets fan. So, yeah, but we're being partial here. Don't worry about the Jets. They're non factor this year. I told you. They're on a bye week. So, you can be a bye week from being a Jets supporter as well. Just be a bye week. Bye week from the Jets supporter. I'm a Justin Herbert fan. I'm going with Justin Herbert. That's a 180. I don't don't know about that. I feel like he's king of the double take. He goes, last week, the Bills are the best team in the AFC, and then says. And then says that they're not going to beat the Chiefs. And then he goes, oh, yeah, they might. And then I just feel like it's just a double take. I don't know what is happening over there in Paddy Hoggett land, but I feel like you're just going to go double take on everything. The Bills are the best team in the AFC, but Justin Herbert's the best player in the league right now. See, I know why you're not saying it. I know why you're not saying it, because you you sound like a traitor. You sound like a 
like a fanboy. Like a, you're not no, really a I'm Jets not, fan. I'm you're not, not a true Jets I'm fan, pretty much. Fan. I don't mind. I don't mind Josh Allen. I think he's a gun. Like I think he's. You don't mind him. You, you, you literally. I don't <laughs> even want to say it, but geez, last week you. Yeah, think you're the best team. Collectively, they're the best team in the league. Collectively, okay. but okay. I thought I had money on Josh Allen. You're going to pick him. Far Jay Before I mention mine, uh, shout out to Dak Prescott because he's killing it too. He's been unbelievable. We haven't, talked the Cowboys. we haven't talked much because they're usually very annoying to talk about, but they've been pretty good under the radar. Everyone else talks about them, so we 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 can you know leave the Cowboys coverage to them. But yeah, now he's been unbelievable. You know him and Kellen Moore there, the offensive coordinator, had a really good you know partnership. It's, and they felt felt like you know they had you know some more targets last week. You know more people getting the game, and you watch that game. Even Zeke, you know he had a better game last week. You know he was really good and. You see that start to develop between Zeke, Dak, and you got all these, you know, factors. And Murray Cooper, you know, was hopefully starting to, you know, get back into it. So, and that defense has been playing lights out as well. I know we're not talking about defenses, but yeah, they've been playing some really good stuff as well. And they've got some real quick players on there. And Dan Quinn, you know, Dan Quinn, D coordinator there. You know, yep. we might be looking at a new head coach. Who's going to be the coach of the Raiders? Even just Dak Prescott coming back from what he did last year, you know, that sickening injury. But he was having a great season up to that point. And just to come back from that mentally, physically, yeah, he's – and to, to think that they weren't sure if they wanted to re-sign him for a year or they weren't re-sign him for long-term, bro. This guy's their best quarterback since Troy, can honestly. That's my that, – I know Tony Romo was good, but I think he's way better than him. Yeah, you know, just the way he's come back has been incredible. And I know he's got some great weapons, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and such and that, but he utilizes them so well. You saw, like, in the first game, the way he just gets guys open. Like, I know Cooper's an incredible route run and such and that, but, like, some of his throws are just always on point. And he even has that running ability in him, and he's always going to keep a play alive. So if I'm a Cowboys fan right now in that division, you know, um, I'd be very confident. Well I'll, tell, well, I'll tell you why I hate him because off the bat, when you when you watch one of the sports talk shows in America, Skip oh. Bayless, off the bat, how about them Cowboys? I can't stand him. You know, it's just Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> they're not even the biggest story, but he wants to make it a bigger story. Like, relax. They're going good. You know? I'll, I'll double down on that. What about Troy Aikman the other night giving credit to Jason Garrett for how well the Cowboys are playing <laughs> as, they're like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> as they're getting yeah, beaten? As they're getting beaten. Yeah, that's I, just, I couldn't yeah. believe that. I'd love a good mate. Like, having a friend like that, oh, you know, how good is Jason Garrett? Yeah, he might have, I don't know, he might have something there, but for goodness sake, you've got to give some credit to McCarthy and, and you know, more that, you know, doing a great job with that yeah, offense. I don't know. Like, they're still throwing shade at McCarthy. They're like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys are, like, so good, but they've just got this one bloke to just ruin it for themselves. And it's like always just goes centers straight back to McCarthy. Well, I'm like, I'm sure. Oh, he's doing all right all the Cowboys, they must have loved seeing old mate on the sideline clapping and, you know, clapping other things as well. He was, yeah, he, was, he, Love was, it. he was doing a, yeah, good work. A good clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll call a run play. Yeah, let's clap that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. It's, best, it's know. the best clap in NFL. At least he's got uh-huh. that in the bag. Um, but, yeah, back to the topic. My MVP is Lamar Jackson. I can't go past him. They should be 5-0. They, they shouldn't have lost to the Raiders' first game, let's be honest, that first Monday night game. They shouldn't have lost that game. He's got a depleted team. He's carrying them on their back. I said the stats from before. He's breaking franchise records. Uh, not bad for a running back. You know what I mean? Not bad for a running back, as some idiots told him he was. He's up there in that elite echelon. Like, 
not Brady Rogers, but if that new crop for me, he's top of the pile because he's got that MVP. Obviously, he's got a bit more accolades than than all of them. But I think he hasn't been respected. You know, he had that one good season they wrote him off. Yeah, he's just a one season wonder. This guy's pulling wins, like I said, literally carrying the Ravens on his back. Imagine their full strength. That'll be very tough to to beat in the playoffs. I know they've had the issues in the playoffs. You know, there's teams they should have beaten. But you can see his maturity. You can see the level he's playing on. He's just improving every single year. Yeah, agreed. And we spoke about him a bit earlier and about how, you know, he just it was good to watch. It was yeah. just good to watch simply, you know, even just sitting there and you're going, is he going to run the ball? Like, he just had time on the weekend. And he was, yeah, it was just, it was good to watch. And I can just see him getting better and better as the weeks go by. And you said, like, Sammy Watkins was out, but back into that. So, you know, you start getting those pieces back in the puzzle. And we haven't spoken about it. They had so many injuries in that running back room. And they were still starting to play, you know, some really elite football without that, you know, that dominant threat at the backfield there. So, no, it's been, it's definitely been good to watch. You're saying he's got time, and that's part of that, you know, development of him. Like, the elite players have time. He's got time to make a decision that no one else can make. That's what's crazy about him. So unpredictable, this guy. So unpredictable. The hope for the Ravens in the future is obviously he can get that done in the playoffs, and I think he's capable. If he can get those players back and it can be a bit closer to full strength, I think he will eventually get them to a Super Bowl. I think so. Oh, shout out to the goat Tom Brady. Like, you know, he's always in the conversation about slack. You know, it's yeah. a goat. Like, you, you know, you can't, you can't let him out. Fifteen uh, touchdown passes. You know, only two interceptions. Pretty goated. So very goated. Yeah. Goated. Yeah. Well, no, I've got him. I've got him on my bench in my fantasy team. Don't remind me how well he's playing. <laughs> oh, he's playing some great week. This week's games. A couple of good games. Philly. Obviously, we talked about a little bit that you know the. Probably should have won the weekend, but somehow pulled it out. But yeah, they get a bit of confidence going in at home against Tampa Bay, who yeah looked unbelievably dominant. And they had no Gronk. Remember that? They had no Gronk. Tom Brady, I think for the first time in his career, threw four, for 400 yards and five touchdowns. The guy's played 350 games in the NFL. He's never done that. At 43. Is he 44 yet? I don't even know. He's 45. 45, is he? And he just broke that record. He hadn't done that. It was probably the only thing he hasn't done in his career. It's ridiculous. It's just, this guy's not not human. Look, it's a grudge match usually, these two, because obviously there's a bit of history, a bit of rivalry there, but Tampa Bay should be too good for Philly. You know, they're playing at home, the Eagles, but yeah, I just feel like Brady and those pieces that he has there, just going to be able to, just too much. I think it's going to be way too much, overwhelm them there. And as we said, like they had that loss against um, the Rams. And, and as we said, we talked about that, you know, what have you done for me lately, culture? And they kind of got, shafted a little bit and the only real worry you, you might look at is their secondary and you know you've, you've got Sherman there now and but yeah I just feel like the Buccaneers will be too good offensively and it might be a good opportunity for them to see if they can stand up defensively you know Jalen Hurts has got a bit of a couple puzzles there for a defense and also you know you got Devonta Smith um who's just been playing some you know good football every time I take him out of my fantasy team that's when he decides he wants to have some runs of the ball yep you know, yeah, but I think he's carried the ball 43 times as well, Jalen Hurts, and ran for nearly, you know, 250 yards and three touchdowns. Like, that's another part of the puzzle there for the that Bucks front line is going to have to deal with. And it might be an interesting little matchup there. And hopefully, it's a good game uh, for Thursday night football. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. 
I think Jalen Hurts, he's building a little bit of confidence. I think he's going to develop to a really good player. These wins help his confidence, no doubt. But coming up against Tampa Bay, who the hell stops them? Like, what, what the hell stops them? Just injury, honestly. If there was a, a proper salary cap, they'd be over by like... They'd yeah. be over by a mile. Like, that's, they they're, they're that good of a team. On small contracts as well. They've got some guns on small contracts. Yeah. Sus yeah. contracts, let's be fair here. It's very oh. sus. Hey, you just voidable years. You put voidable years and you back end the, you back end the deal. Very smart what they do in the NFL. Very okay. smart. I think the only way they can really win is if Jalen Hurts absolutely shreds the secondary. You know, Tate was talking about, um, I know they've got Sherman, but uh, guys like Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy burned bunting and not playing incredible footy at the moment. I know their run defense is pretty good, especially with Vitavea. He is an absolute um, handle. So he is just very tough to defend against. But um, I think the only way they can win is if Jalen Hurts produces a lot. Um, down the field and if Devontae Smith has a great game but really I just don't see defense holding up against um, guys like AB this just incredible offense that Brady's just producing so I don't see Philly winning this game and I feel like the Bucks get another win to the table Alrighty the Chargers Ravens in Baltimore this is going to be another big shootout I think Herbert versus Jackson Staley versus Harbour it's set up to be a cracker TB you know it's going to be uh, interesting to see you know what the game plans are for both teams and what they tried, you know, take away. Like you saw that run game and you saw patience in the defense of, you know, the Chargers against the Chiefs game. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. How do they stop the, you know, the dual threat of Lamar Jackson? That's going to be the big question. How do they stop that? And but Justin Herbert just be able to, you know, have another good game against another good opponent. Like I feel like every time you see like two young quarterbacks going at it, it's just another good opportunity to see, do they stand up? This is going to be another big game. And every time put two good teams together, it builds that playoff, playoff-like um, environment. And as soon as you start getting that playoff-like environment, it just increases their stock for the next week. And that's what starts to get really interesting. And we keep talking about Herbert. Every time, as Paddy said, he keeps on getting those notches on his belt. He gets another win. He gets another win against these big teams. And, you know, it's really interesting. And you, just a quick thing about what Brandon Staley said. He, he did, they did this uh, video about, how they beat the Chiefs and they had it really well done. If you haven't watched it, you should go out and watch it. It's on the YouTube page YouTube. for the mm. Chargers. And they just talking about how they beat them and how they were going to stop Mahomes. And it just seems like just how they understand and that we talked about their accountability last week. And they talked about Steve Kerr. He actually rang Steve Kerr, as you do. Brandon <laughs> Stages gets on the phone, rings Steve Kerr, as you do. And uh, casually. He was talking about invading their space. That was the big thing that, about all the big teams, like the Chicago Bulls and you know, the um, those those good teams about those good players with those teams. This is also this is obviously talking about um, the Chiefs, but invading them their space, making them feel uncomfortable. Okay, exactly. and then and then you start to see more you know loose plays, and then you start to see players start to you know that's when we start to see Pat Mahomes run out of you know run out of the pocket and start to try and make those big throws, and that's what we're going to see. And I feel like he'll have a strategy of making that kind of uncomfortable form so we can't sit back there and just throw the ball and then we'll start to see if that secondary and that you know can stop that passing game but I feel like they'll have a really good strategy I feel like as soon as they start to make him them I feel uncomfortable I feel I just think they might have the ascendancy in this game so I'm going towards the Chargers I'm going with me MVP candidate here I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers this week um, no shock there. I was just no shock I'm not going to uh Okay, so you're gonna backtrack like you did last week. Yeah, I'm not gonna backtrack. Don't worry, I'm not making the same mistake. I wasn't satisfied with the Baltimore defense, except in that fourth quarter. Like the Colts aren't as dynamic offenses, 
many people were saying, you know, after that week, you know, they produced so many points in that first couple of quarters that putting into question how good the Ravens' defense was. And I know you've got guys like Marlon Humphrey and guys filling in for Marcus Peters when he's injured. But in the end of the day, you're dealing with a completely different offense, which isn't just one-dimensional. They've got, you know, you've got Herbert, who's playing incredible footy, but you've got Eckler at the backfield, who's just who's just not going to give up. He's either going to be a top receiving threat or is he going to be running down your throat as a downhill runner, being so shifty like he is. And defensively from the Chargers, I just think they can contain um, Lamar a little bit better, just the way they play with Joey Bosa and such as that, even Jerry Tillery in the middle. I just feel like they can have the edge over Lamar and probably frustrate him a little bit just because, you know, the scheme that Staley puts out with his overall defense is just going to not, like, let's say, force Lamar to run out of the pocket and such as that, but it's going to it's going to force him to, you know, have to throw checkdowns and be a little bit boring. And I'm talking about this boring footy, but I think it's really what, like, a lot of these quarterbacks need is a little bit of patience. And I know Lamar's probably got that, but we're going to have to see it at full pelt this week because the Chargers' defense is legit. So I'm just not sure that they can get over them in a tough game. I feel like it'll be one of the best games of the year, hopefully. And I hope that, you know, it is a 40-40 type game like the Browns Chargers won. But, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Chargers this week and I'm in Jay Hurd. The thing for me with Lamar, I'm going with the Ravens, but just because yeah. I think that th- what we've seen from Lamar is he's been put in really uncomfortable situations. Like he takes a while to figure out a defense in-game. And once he figures them out, he goes on a like just this crazy uh, momentum backed uh, spurt. Like I've never seen th- these like you know four touchdowns in a row on the weekend. Even against the Chiefs, he went mental. But he's capable of that. I think there's going to come a time in the game where the Chargers are controlling the game. Lamar figures them out somewhat. You know, in the space of five to ten minutes, gets the momentum back, and then whether the Chargers can respond or not. Now, I say obviously the Chargers they've been put in a really uncomfortable situations as well, like on the weekend against the Browns. You know, it was a tough game. It was in the balance. They went for it. You know, you got two coaches who back their players, you know, back their judgments. They're not going to be sitting back, you know, passive at all. Like, I don't see that happening from either coach. That's why it's an interesting game. I don't think the Chargers are as invincible as we're saying they are. They're still building. They're still building to becoming that elite team in the AFC. I mean, where they're at right now is unbelievable. But if there's anyone that can beat them, it's Lamar Jackson. And with what Patty said about how you know, working them out and how Staley's defense can, you know, hurt quarterbacks and especially maybe, you know, or possibly this week against, you know, Lamar. The only thing I think Lamar has in his favor is that if they sit back and be really patient and not blitz, this is just if they we talk about how they played against the, the Chiefs, he's got the ability to run and run. And, you know, Mahomes has the ability to run, but you can't compare what um, Mahomes does to what Lamar does. It's just unbelievable. Like he's there and then he's not. Point A to point B, he's just electric. So that ability to sit there and wait, I don't know if he's going to be there and completely block out all his pass numbers because he'll just go and he'll get you three or four five, uh, five yards. And if he's lucky, he could steal that first down, which is, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they combine that with, you know, what they did against the Chiefs. They're going to have to have obviously some different pieces there as well to you know, stop that running ability of Lamar. There's no doubt it's going to be a cracking game. Can't wait for it. It has to be at bloody four in the morning, but, you know, we make sacrifices. The game after that, Arizona Cardinals unbeaten versus Cleveland Browns at Cleveland. I think there's an upset coming here, boys. I think Cleveland, I know they're a bit upset about last week, but I think they can beat the Arizona Cardinals and end their winning streak. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be one of those games where it's a big score. Like last week, I think it's going to be one of those, you know, 
to and fro, who can, which, you know, both quarterbacks kind of flexing their muscles and trying to, you know, they both got really good weapons. And I feel like there'll be a game where whose defense is going to stand up more than the other. Because I feel like they've both got really explosive offenses and passing games. And also, probably only thing you'll, you'll probably look at is you've got, you know, Chubb and Kareem Hunt on that offensive side for the Browns. But James Conner has been unbelievable. And I think he had success against the Browns when he was playing for the Steelers from memory last time they played, mm. um, last time he played. I'm pretty sure it's a, a bit of success there. So we might see James Conner go to a next level this week. And then that then brings in, you know, helps the passing game. And then obviously helps Kyler as well. So I feel like it'll be a big game. It'll be a two and throw game. And I feel like just in, if it gets into one of those shootouts, I feel like the Cardinals will come up with it just because, yeah, I just, I, I'm back in uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, I feel like he's getting better. I, I've probably tipped against him the past couple of weeks. And probably this is the week where they're going to get me, but I'm going to tip the Cardinals this week. They've been Put all your money on the Browns. Put money in the Browns. Uh, they were stumped a bit last against San Francisco. The yeah. offense wasn't flowing as much. That's probably what puts me off them a little bit just for this week. If they were at home, maybe different story, but they're away. Cleveland's not a shit team. They're a pretty good team. But, you know, they're coming off a 42-point game. Even though they lost, no turnovers. Like, their offense is flowing, Cleveland. I think they can do something, Pat. You don't think so? I'm going to go with the Cardinals this week. I can't go against what the Cardinals are doing yet. Like, no, you can't. I know, I know the Browns put up 42 points and they played well and Baker was good, but a defense giving up that many points and look like defense giving up that many points and the offense putting up so many points and losing that game, it's it's a mental blow for all players. So I just think that the way that the Cardinals are structuring their offense around Kyler, but they've got guys like Rondell Moore playing really well, D Hop, uh, AJ Green's getting catches and such as that. They've just got such like like a multifaceted offense where like you don't know where it's going to go. You got Chase Edmonds in the backfield as well, and it could be a handful for this this Browns defense, especially the way that Kyle is playing and controlling this offense. I think that this week Cliff Kingsbury is probably watching a lot of film of that last quarter and saying, "How can we just deplete them and deplete them?" Because really they gave up at the end, and Herbert was just too good for them. So really, you know, it's a bit of a game of attrition. You know, it's just going to be. It might be a little bit of just standoff a couple of first quarters might not be as high scoring and then really in the late stages when both defenses start to become fatigued and such as that that that's when the points going to open up so i feel like it's going to be a close one but i feel like i'm going to go with the arizona cardinals this week getting to the end of the show pat it's your time to shine we want your guarantee of the week and just listen before you tell us your guarantee of the week i'm i'm being really serious here you got to get us something here because we want to eat lobster this weekend yeah to steal the line yeah. from maddie johns we wanna, you know you're our laurie daily all right right now yeah. at the end of the show 100%. you know you got to give us something because we don't want to eat at home anymore we're coming out of lockdown nah. we want to go out enjoy ourselves give yeah, us something 100%. yeah just give us something so i'm one of mine in my bold predictions you know um the jets beating the titans and then Last week, I didn't have a good one. Hang on. Um, hang on. Can I just hold him there? I'm sorry. Yeah, one on one in bold predictions. He, he goes the Chiefs against his. I'm sorry, but this can't be a. Bold, can't say one. Bold predictions. Okay, one and two. We'll go one and two. We'll make it a bit. Look, I'm going to say this again. Guarantee of the week. I don't want your bold prediction. I don't want something that may happen. A guarantee, guarantee of the week. That's it. So we want. Guarantee of the week is right here. We want to eat good, bro, this weekend. If you can give us Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday night game, we can go out on the weekend. If not, we have to go out Monday, Tuesday night. But that's okay. I'm giving you my guarantee of the week right now. Let's go. Jags getting their first win in this on the season, baby. 
Let's go. Guarantee of the week. Jags are getting their first win. Playing the Dolphins. They're okay. rubbish at the moment. Okay. No tour. They're, they're like pumping up because their coach isn't in the spotlight anymore because of Gruden. And they're like, you know, we need our first win this week. You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to ball out. The defense is going to play well. The defense is already playing pretty well at the moment. So, um, guarantee the week. Guarantee please. of the week. Jags. Chuck the money. Chuck. Chuck, chuck your chockies, house. Chuck, chuck everything. everything. On the Jags, get their first win of the week. Wow. What a Thought, call. Thoughts, TB? I'm going to let him have his moment. Uh, at his big, I think if I was to say I'm just going to bounce off him a guaranteed week, I think the Raiders will bounce back and beat uh, the Broncos. I think, you know, after you sack the coach, I think he's going to bounce. I don't think they were playing for him last week. You just tell us a couple of left areas that they weren't, yeah, just didn't seem like, I wouldn't say they weren't trying, but I feel like there was just lack of, you know, trust in the, you know, the coach. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like they'll bounce back this week. I heard their special teams coordinator, uh, Big Rich. Um, is going to be head coach this week. And apparently, he's a really good bloke. So, yeah, I'll, I can see them, you know, lifting for him and lifting for the, you know, moving forward. Still got, you know, a long way to go in the season. They were a pretty good team their first couple of weeks. So, I can definitely see them starting to push forward again. And, um, yeah, it'll be good to watch. 100%. Speaking of the Raiders, before we go, next head coach, who should it be? Ooh. Joe Brady from the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. Okay. That's my guy. That's the one. TB? Um, I'm going to go Eric Bianami. Oh, it's yep. his final job. He's yep. been doing oh, it for a while. I agree. I think it should be him. He's been in waiting in the wings for a job. He's been applying for jobs. I think it should be him. He should get his opportunity. It depends if he wants it, though, because I feel like he'd have a pick True. of him. If, yeah, I think that's the, probably it's going to come down to if he wants it, but, yeah, he'll have a pick. Maybe even yeah, Byron Leftwich. And you know what? The Raiders are pretty well put together team like they've they've got some decent players they like i said they started three and oh there's potential in that team so whoever takes it over is is walking into a pretty good situation football wise to be honest so all right that's it boys another one done and dusted cheers tb thank you have a good day and good have a good week and enjoy the um you know that great sport we all love okay that nfl football we uh, love it. We love it. Good luck to your Rams. Hopefully yeah, that, they get up. We don't need any luck. We just need a hard, you know, fought win against those Giants. You're hoping we, we, we should win. Should win. And um, Pat, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Hope your Jets yeah, no, get up no, against the boy. I hope they can. Yeah, they're going to get up a mad, do a job. mad week this week, you know? You know? Oh, bit of confidence yeah, you know. coming out of the bye week, you know? 100% against uh, the Patriots, the good old Patriots. All right. Talk about yeah. that one next week. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, we're going to get slapped anyway. No need to talk about that. All right, that's it. Thank you. Enjoy the game. See you next week.